The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFN Premier NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Ian Cummings, joined by my friend Ali Hodgkinson. Ali, it's Easter Monday for you guys over in the UK, but you are still working, still podding up today. How you doing, my man? Yeah, I'm doing good. It was, uh, I, I came in this morning, finalized three scouting reports. And then I got a message saying, hey, what are you doing writing on your holiday? And I was like, you know, I spend so much time on like American time and American holidays and stuff. I was like, oh, I didn't even think about it. Uh, but hey, it's 10 days until the NFL draft. We haven't got a minute to waste. So anytime we can uh, anytime we can get some some more work done on this class, more tape watch, more scouting reports finalized, more opportunities to talk NFL draft with you on this fantastic podcast. For sure, for sure. Now, we may have overestimated the time we did have. We only have, I think, including this one, four podcast episodes left. So we won't be able to get to every position, unfortunately. We were hoping to get through every one. Uh, but what we are going to do, we're going to bunch up edge and defensive tackle and do defensive line on Thursday. And then on Monday, we will do quarterbacks. So that's a fun one to talk about, as always. Uh, then on Wednesday, before the draft, we're going to bump it up a little bit so that it's out on Thursday. Just general thoughts, preview, you know, just kind of previewing the NFL draft as it happens, as it's coming up. So that's what to look forward to. But for this episode, we are going over the running back class, the 2022 NFL draft. So running backs, let's get into it, Ali. A position that has kind of been deflating in terms of value uh, in the NFL draft in recent years. You don't see as many going in round one. Now, obviously, if you're a team, you know, you can spend a luxury pick on it in round one. That's possible. But it's one of those where usually you're not seeing a guy go in round one unless he's a home run prospect. Right. And, and then even then, sometimes they drop to round two and they can be, become very good value deals. It's just the way it is, the cost effectiveness of that position. But looking at the top of the board, it feels right to start at the top. We'll get to some sleepers later on. But for a large part of this of this cycle, it felt like the top three running backs in some order uh, were Breeze Hall, Kenneth Walker III, and Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Spiller obviously was kind of the odd man out at the NFL Combine, did not test very well. Hall and Walker tested very well, kind of reinforced their stock. I want to know for you, as we lead up to the draft, who is your top three? Is that still your top group or has Spiller kind of, you know, descended down the board? Has he done that or is he still right there for you? Yeah, and you you, you mentioned it uh, correctly there. You know, there, there is a group of three guys and we talked about it in the offensive tackle class as well. There's um, three guys at the top and then there's a little bit of a drop off. And, and those three guys have consistently been at the forefront of this class with Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, and Isaiah Spiller and Spiller and Hall started the year very much as a top two and, and Walker with his exceptional season following his transfer to Michigan State and um, and forced himself on that group. And those three are very, very close to each other on my top 300 big board. And um, you reference Isaiah Spiller's testing there. And for a lot of people, this really has been a huge knock on Isaiah Spiller because that four six four he didn't didn't run the 40 at the NFL Combine, which was made a big deal of at the time. Ran the 40 at the Texas A&M Pro Day, a pro day where a lot of Texas A&M prospects struggled. We talked about this in the Twitter spaces last week. A lot of Texas A&M prospects really struggled at the Pro Day to put up decent testing times. And Isaiah Spiller came in with a 4.644 yard dash, which a lot of people have used to kind of Real, really negate his stock and slide him down, down draft boards. I know uh, Marcus Mosher put up a, a graphic of NFL running backs who have who who ran over four point six second forty yard dashes either at the combine or a pro day. And when you look at that list, there isn't a lot of high level guys there. 
Um, Spiller's um, vertical and broad jumps were, were very poor as well. Uh, 30 inch vertical, 9.6 broad, measures very t- poorly on the relative athletic score that our guy, uh, Math Bomb, puts together every year and does such a great job with that. Um, so Isaiah Spiller's um, overall relative athletic score was, was really poor compared to Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. You mentioned them. They, they had exceptional performances across the combine and pro day circuit. But for me, Isaiah Spiller is still my top running back. Uh, and he, he is that way for a couple of factors. You know, looking at a guy who that relative athletic score of 5.7 was dragged up a little bit by the size measurements because this kid is the epitome of the NFL looking running back. I think I said that in this summer scouting report. He looks the part, you know, physical, 6'7", 217 pounds, puts it to good use as a blocker, puts it to good use um, in his ability to grind out yardage. He can absorb contact, contact bounces very well. And yes, the long speed isn't there. That's not something that you can escape. But when you look at Isaiah Spiller play the game of football for Texas A&M, in the SEC, one of the most physical conferences in college football where you're going up against premier defensive linemen. You're having to go into battle in the alley against premier linebacking talent. There's safeties and cornerbacks who come up extremely well in run support. And Isaiah Spiller has, has gone to battle in that conference for the last three seasons for Texas A&M. And um, when, I, when I watch his game, the vision, the footwork, you know, what he does behind the line of scrimmage in terms of being able to set up and, and see, see, um, visualize running lanes and then get his footwork to, to act upon that. His footwork is so quick, it's so smooth. He, I think I put in his scouting report something like C gap, hip gap, gain yardage, repeat. And that's Isaiah Spiller's game. Hand him the ball. He'll see that gap, hit that gap, gain yardage. He's got the footwork to be able to to, to create outside of just having long speed alone. Um, and I and I get it. I get there's going to be concerns with that long speed. He's not an elite creator. Like we're going to talk about Hall and, and, and Kenneth Walker. They they have got you know some cre- some creation ability. Like Kenneth Walker, we, we talk about that the the cut that I described as being like a pair of scissors. The cut was so good. Um, Isaiah Spiller isn't going to do that. That's not the sort of running back he is. But I, when I look at him, I look at a guy that was on the list, um, that list that I talked about of NFL running backs that ran for sub 4.6 second four-yard dashes. I see a guy like Le'Veon Bell who carved out a pretty decent NFL career. I think Isaiah Spiller shouldn't be ruled out of having a similar top-level career just based on the fact that he didn't run a super quick 40-yard dash time. So for me, he's, he's still the top, top prospect at the running back position. I have him, then Brees Hall, then Kenneth Walker, all in quick succession. I think our top 300, final top 300 big boards probably releasing either later this week, early next week. And and those guys are going to be bang, 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 all within short space of each other. And they're very different running backs in a lot of respects. Uh, but for me, Isaiah Spiller is, I still love what he can do in terms of down after down, physicality, vision, footwork, pass catching, Lock in. I love everything that he brings to the table. This is really interesting. Okay. We have a disagreement on the pod live. I don't think we've ever had this before. <laughs> I don't think we've ever. I am very excited. I'm just taking a moment. I'm very excited about this. But yeah, so we've actually got them flipped completely. The top three. My top three is Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, 
and Isaiah Spiller. And it's really interesting because I, I agree with everything you've said about Spiller. I think that, you know, he does have a good vision. I don't think it's elite vision and creative instincts, like you said. But again, he really compensates with, you know, having that size. He's, I think, probably the most physical finisher out of the group. He's got really good contact balance. And, you know, he did test poorly in the explosiveness drills. But to me personally, and looking at that, that's obviously a valuable, uh, you know, data point to have. But I also think it's not completely one-to-one in terms of how it correlates to the tape. You got to look at the tape because uh, another guy, Justin Ross of Clemson, wide receiver, you know, different positions, but the principle is still similar where he did not test well in those explosiveness drills. But I do think he shows a little more acceleration on tape than what he tested with, right? So it's one of those things you got to see how they accelerate in, on tape in relation to defenders. Now, again, I, I don't think Spiller is elite even taking that into account, but I do think he has above average burst and he can get through the holes quick enough. You know, again, not top end speed, but again, the fast feet, the physicality, things that he can use and work with in the short ranges and extend runs past that. So I love that part of his game. That said, he is my third RB. And Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, to me, are a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of a gap between those two and then Spiller for me. And I think that, you know, it's it's for me personally, I there's certain things at running back that you can't replace, you know, like vision, creative instincts. And I feel like all these guys have that to some extent. But when they had, when they do have that, the athleticism can be a noticeable separator for them. And I look at Kenneth Walker first, uh, very explosive, really good long speed. Uh, obviously, he ran like a four three eight, I want to say, uh, at the forty yard dash in the combine. And it doesn't always show up on tape, but you you do see he can stretch those spaces, he can extend runs, uh, you know, near the top of what this class has to offer. And then on top of that, what he does in the short ranges, me personally. And why Walker is my RB1 over, over Brees Hall. You know, it's it's really close between those two. But I think Kenneth Walker has the best creative instincts, the best vision. Uh, he's so quick to process behind the line and stack his cuts. He's got incredible balance between those cuts. Uh, you look at, you know, I, some people like to say contact balance. I like to devolve it all under balance because, you know, you do need that contact balance, that density to withstand contact. But at the same time, you need balance to stack cuts in quick succession, you know, and to run and cut those angles, pinch those angles upfield and accelerate as you're doing that. You know, it, Walker is so seamless with how he does that. He makes the hard stuff look very, very easy. And to me, you know, looking at one of the big deciding factors was size as well. Brees Hall has a lot better size than Walker, but I do think Walker isn't a liability there. You know, he scored a little bit below average for me because, you know, he's not huge, right? He's around 5'9", 211 pounds. But again, 211 for 5'9 is very dense, you know? Uh, that's a very dense frame and something that you can use to withstand contact. And we've seen him do that. Brees Hall, meanwhile, is around 5'11", 217. So again, a little bit bigger, but the density is, the, I think, the more important thing for running back. And, and Kenneth Walker has that. The receiving ability, too. Brees Hall is more proven there. And Walker definitely has a lot of room to, to prove himself in that department, but he has flashed it for sure. I think it, for me personally, and watching Michigan State and being close to the program, it looked like it was more of a volume issue than an actual ability issue for Walker. Like, And that's that's one of the tough parts is projecting that, right? Like It's tough to project. He didn't really pa pa catch a lot of passes in college, so can he do that in the, in the NFL? I think Walker has shown the necessary traits to do that. You look at body control, ball tracking ability. Uh, the ability to quickly transition to run after catch mode. He, he's done all that. Uh, so I do think that the tools are there. It's just a matter of getting him in a more increased usage. The big issue for Walker, and I think this is the one thing that I really want to see him improve, is the pass blocking. If you're an NFL coach, you really want to have these guys 
who are able to pass block on those third downs. So if they're not a receiving threat, at least protect your quarterback. When Kenneth Walker was out there, the technique varied widely, uh, was very inconsistent in that in that sense, not really being able to square up guys, not having great vision or instincts behind the line in terms of you know squaring up his guys. And he would you know execute chop box, chop blocks. Oh my God, chop blocks! There we go. I could not say that for to save my life man i don't know what's going on but uh yeah so chop blocks he couldn't execute though he he, he does that a lot reverts to that kind of drops to the ground and you're not really able to, to sustain blocks that way so i have issue with walker's pass blocking ability but that's really the only thing you know receiving ability can be more proven but i do i am confident in him being able to produce there in an increased role and then you look at the running traits probably the best pure runner in the class Brees hall I think with him, you know, he, it's kind of similar where he's really explosive. I think he's a little more explosive than Walker. When he sees that lane, he hits it. He is gone. All right. He has the instant accelerator that you really like to see. Very good long speed um, for his size, especially. I mean, being 5'11", 217, running a sub 4'4", it shows up on tape. He's an easy accelerator, very fast running back who finishes with some physicality. He can keep those legs churning a little bit. I don't think the contact balance is elite, but I do like that he at least finishes with physicality from time to time. I think with with Hall, you're more looking at, you know, for his size, for being 217, I think he offers a little more force than or a little more finesse than force, right? You know, very agile in the short ranges, very good uh, cutting ability, very good balance between cuts, really good creative instincts. Again, I, I don't think the vision is quite as good as Walker. There are times when he kind of freezes up behind the line, would like him to be more decisive like Walker is. But there is enough there. Like he has very good vision, very good instincts, and then the receiving ability too. I think Brees Hall for that is my RB two, and then Spiller. You know, again, he has a lot of the a lot of those soft skills that you can't really teach. But again, not as high of an athlete for me. And when they all have that, it kind of separates them. But it's really close, and, and they're all very fun prospects. I think the important takeaway here is that even though Isaiah Spiller tested poorly, and again with long speed too. I mean, we saw that with Najee Harris last year, right? He ran the four sixes it's not really impacting this game. If you're a running back, the most important thing, the more important thing is having that explosiveness, that short area agility, the physicality to extend those runs in the short ranges, right? Like if you if you find daylight, then obviously it's it's great to have speed, but as long as you can keep churning out yards and keep getting those first downs and moving the chains, I think that's a more vital role in the NFL. So yeah, it's a great discussion, man. And I, and I love talking about these top three guys because there is a lot to discuss. Yeah, and, and this is the thing, you know, there's um, one of the great things about the running back position is there is so much to um, evaluate and so much, you know, you talked about projection there where the the pass catching uh, abilities is the same. It's the same with um, pass protection as well. You know, some guys are, are routinely asked to do more at the college level. So you can, with, a, with an open... Um, with with eyes open and a, and a and a clean book when you're making scouting notes you can say oh well i know for a fact this kid can do this whereas like you mentioned there with with kenneth walker the low um low target um percentage uh, in terms of pass catching um means that he is a projection at the at the, the next level and um, whereas with a guy like Isaiah Spiller, he came into this year. One of the things I, I noted on his summer scouting report was, I want to see more out of him as a as a pass catcher, and, and I think he showed that this year as well. Um, and one of the one of the things, rightly or wrongly, with um, running back prospects, you know, we talked about the value of running backs in in the league. Most running backs 
now don't get to a second contract with the team that drafted them. So tread on the tires is a um, is is a part of evaluation, which you know again, rightly or wrongly. NFL teams look at tread on tires. We had this conversation with with uh, Jonathan Taylor coming out of Wisconsin. You know, I think Priest Hall is probably the most overworked, if if you can call it that, running back out of these three top running backs. Um, will N- will NFL teams consider that when they when they come to make their decisions on draft night? Um, but it certainly sounds like Priest Hall is is well he's he is neither of our top running backs, but it sounds like he's going to be. And there's certainly rumours that sound like he's going to be the first running back um, taken in Las Vegas. And if he does creep into the first round, you know, we we talked about last year, Najee Harris was almost an expectation that he would go into the first round. That fit with the Steelers was kind of talked about for the longest part of the draft season. But then Travis Etienne snuck into the back of the first round as well. And, And that's not to say that Travis Etienne wasn't worthy of that draft spot it just never felt like we would get two running backs taken in the top 32 picks now it sounds like Brees hall could be the first uh, running back taken sounds like he could potentially be a first round pick as well and uh iowa state haven't had a first round selection in 49 years which is the longest um running uh, drought of first round uh, selection so it'll be a pretty interesting thing to watch out for that's kind of crazy. I did not know that. That is kind of crazy. Though. And I think, you know, Brees Hall and all these guys, you know, the verses here, I think it's it's an important, um, you know, representation of draft and draft evaluation is not just, oh, he has vision or he doesn't have vision. And that's why you have to watch a lot of tape, right? Because you got to what I like to do is, you know, after one or two games, kind of get a landmark in there. Like, all right, he it feels like he has great vision. Right. So I'll give him an eight. But then, you know, as if he's a little more consistent over the next few games, you can, you know, kind of notch him up a little bit. Right. So, you know, every trait exists on a spectrum. You know, it's not just, oh, he has it or he doesn't. Some guys are more consistent with it. Some guys have it, have the capacity, but can be more consistent. Some guys are very consistent with it. Very good. Right. So you got to find where they exist on that spectrum. It's not just a matter of, oh, he has it or, oh, he doesn't. Right. You know, it's a, it's a little more complicated than that. And I think this kind of this group of guys is very reminiscent of that because you look at a guy like Walker. All right. I would score him higher than Hall in the vision department. That doesn't mean Hall doesn't have good vision. Right. It's just, it just means Walker is a little more consistent with it. So that you really got to, you know, split these hairs with these guys because they're all very talented. Um, and it's it's a fun group to, to study. But we've talked enough about the top three. Let's get on to some guys that we like in the short range. And I think a good one to start with. You know, real quick, we're, we're going to have to make sure that we, you know, remain efficient on these guys. But I, I think Damian Pierce is a decent one to start with because he's he has a lot of fans. Uh, he's a bowling ball, just straight up, very dense. I got to pull up his uh, NFL combine measurements if I can. I know what the senior bowl, he measured basically, I think it was around 5'9 at like 225 or something. At the combine, he was 5'9 and a half, 218 against, yeah, very dense runner, very strong very physical i mean this is a guy who his helmet fell off one rep and he dove into the end zone the guy does not care he will come at you with 110 percent i know nfl evaluator is going to love that too but he's also a very good blocker and quietly a very smooth receiver out of the uh out of the backfield um but yeah athleticism is not elite for sure but i do think you know one thing that you brought up is the projection it, it, for walker it was the pass catching volume for for pierce it was just straight up volume i mean he was never the top guy in that Florida backfield. It was always more of a rotation. So what's going to happen to him now that he enters the NFL? I do think he has a lot of the building block traits. You look at the physicality. 
I think he's got pretty good vision and creative instincts, even though he's not an elite athlete. He's shown that he can work in those short ranges and use that footwork uh, So and, and then kind of compound it with physicality at the end of those reps. So Damian Pierce is a guy that I really like. He's near the fringe of my top 100. He's right there. I could see him. You know, if someone likes him enough, see him slip into the end of day two. But if he's there in round four, I think that's a very good get and a guy who could go on to exceed his draft billing and be more productive as a pro. I like him. You got any thoughts on on uh, Damian Pierce and who's the first guy that comes to your mind in that group after the top three? Yeah, Damian Pierce, like you say, is a fascinating one because he is a guy who is starting to get a hell of a lot of love in the the sort of draft Twitter community and a lot of draft analysts. Uh, and I, I've seen um, seen guys talk about Damian Pierce as the um, potential best running back in this class, which is wild for me. I, I, I do love his style. I love the physicality he brings to the football field. Um, but like you say, with, with Damian Pierce, it is that just hasn't been... Um, hasn't been used consistently in that Florida offense. And rightly or wrongly, um, sometimes, especially around this time of year, it becomes a, a numbers game. You know, you want to look at, uh, has a guy had X number of 1,000-yard seasons? What's the guy's yards per carry for his college career? Um, which, you know, is when you're evaluating what a player can do on the field, that isn't a huge, super huge part of it, but it tends to be um, something that people look at. And Damian Pierce is a guy who's just coming off the back of his most productive season with 574 yards, um, average less than 100 carries per season for his college career, and um, 5.5 yards. Before this season, had only got 10 touchdowns in his entire Florida career, but found the end zone 13 times um, this season. A pass catching ability is showcased that this season as well. So I, I do think Damian Pierce is a guy that um, is getting a lot of love and should get a lot of love because of the, the style that he plays the game of football translates well to the NFL. Guy for me, um, who is actually my fourth ranked running back, I absolutely love Richard White out of Arizona State. Um, I've seen um, during Senior Bowl week certain. Um, national NFL draft analyst had Rashad White as something like 16th ranked running back in this class. And for me, I was like, look, come on, let, let's let's behave. We're talking about a kid who's coming off the back of his first thousand yard season, 15 touchdowns, 456 receiving yards. I think Rashad White is potentially one of the best pass catching running backs in this class. And it's not just a case of numbers. Clearly, he's had the opportunity to put up those yards. But the things that you see that uh, Rashad White does well as a running back translates to being um, particularly adept at adding yardage after the catch as a receiving back. Very smooth running style with very little wasted motion. Uh, impressive lateral um, athlete, very impressive lateral agility. Showcases excellent contact balance. Got a whole bag of tricks. You know, you, we, we talk about being able to create as a running back. Rashad White's got his spin moves in there, hurdles, stiff arms, you name it. Rashad White's got it in his bag of tricks. He's got that speed uh, as well. And this is a kid who's coming into the NFL draft off the back of one of the more incredible football journeys as well. Um, just a great story, a great running back prospect. And for me, he's, he's my fourth ranked running back and he's a, easily a top 100 uh, prospect. Yeah, he's a fun one. I remember the senior bowl, man. He was flashing a lot there, especially with the receiving ability. You talk about the natural ability to not just 
catch the ball out of the backfield. But also, again, one thing that's really important that goes overlooked sometimes is how quickly, how naturally a player can 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 transition from you know catching to running. Right? You know, some guys look to run too soon and then they drop the football. Right? You know, that focus, how you channel it and how you direct it, can be very important with how you succeed in that phase. And Rashad White, like you said, very natural there. Then also very explosive, uh, agile, and that helps him a lot in that phase. So I'm I'm a fan of his as well. I, I think on day three, if he's still there, get him in that running back rotation, and you get yourself a very good player. So I'm a fan of his. Another guy that I'm going to bring up in this in this group, this ancillary group after the top three, is Alabama's Brian Robinson. I mean, I was a very big fan of him in the season. Uh, I I hadn't gotten to write a scouting report until I think right before the national championship, and I wrote it up. And I was like, this guy's actually a really good player. He's actually very solid. Um, I was a big fan of what he had to offer. The thing that gets me with with Robinson is, not, and I know, you know, it's kind of the, the cliche thing to, you know, like the Alabama runners, right? Uh, Alabama running backs have been kind of a, a staple in the NFL draft for a long time. But I do look at Robinson and I see a, a you know, a pretty good talent. He was a guy who kind of had to wait his turn in that backfield before he could get a premier role. But this year he finally had it and he ran away with it, pun intended. That's on you. That's for you, Ollie. That's that's for you. But, I appreciate it. You know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But Robinson is a guy and I'm partial to, you know, for me personally, I always look for the running backs first that do have the size to be a, a three down player, can be a workhorse, right? And Robinson is that for me, around 6'1 and, and 5'8, 225 pounds, uh, ran a 4.53 at the NFL Combine. So, again, pretty good long speed for his size. And I think that shows up on tape. Again, I don't think he has elite burst or agility, but the thing with Robinson, I think this is something that can be sustainable at the next level, is having, you know, I, I think his footwork was something that stood out to me as a very strong part of his game. The footwork behind the line, really good at setting up, setting himself up behind those lanes choosing the right lane and just charging through, you know, and using that burst, that that build up speed and then finishing those runs with physicality. And he's a guy who in open space, too, has pretty underrated lateral agility, can make a few guys miss, always finishes downhill. You know, I love that element of his game, you know, that finisher mentality. But I think where it all starts is behind the line where he has that footwork to set himself up. Some guys just run straight into the back. Some guys are a little too hesitant, too patient, and they end up, you know, the clock is ticking on them and they, they don't always get enough space because they're waiting too long to make their move. Robinson has a very good mix of patience and aggression, and it all stems from his footwork where he's able to set himself up, stay patient, but also be decisive when that lane hits and just hit it. Right. So, you know, I could see Robinson. and I do think the NFL teams will probably like him because there are teams that do like that mold of running back more than others, that that big, burly running back. But I think Robinson isn't just a guy who offers size. He offers that utility as a runner, that high floor utility with his footwork and vision and physicality. And he does have enough athleticism to win in space, too. So I'm a fan of his. He's kind of like Pierce, kind of in that range for me. But he's right there in that top five, top seven conversation. I'm a big fan of what he has to offer. And I do think that not having a premier role for so long, tread on the tires is a big thing you were talking about earlier might have a little more than you expect for his age. So I think with Brian Robinson, you're getting a solid player. And I, I would love to add him in round four. I, he might crack day two. You know, it's kind of tough. You know, there's a lot of guys that might crack day two. We don't really know what's going to happen. But I could see him doing that. If he's not, round four, again, great value. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really intriguing in this class as to, you know, where, what day, what round some of these guys are going to go. Because I think it all very much depends on, on the top three that we talked about at the top of the show. 
you know, where does where does um, Reese Hall and Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker, where do they slot in? What round do they go? Do they, if they go early enough, will it start a run on running backs in round three? If they're still knocking around at the back end of the second round, does that run on running backs start a little later? Does it start at the beginning of day three with, with round four? And, and we, we talked before, um, before we started recording, like between sort of picks 180 and 240, there's a lot of good running back talent later on in this draft. And you, you're not necessarily going to get a starting three down running back at that point. But this is one of the most exciting factors about the running back position is there's so many different archetypes that can come in and have some sort of impact for whatever reason, whether it's you're looking for a physical guy to grind it out in the goal line situations, whether you're looking for a, a change of pace guy to come in on, um, you know, or a pass catching back coming on third downs. There's so many different archetypes um, available throughout this draft class. I'm just going to chuck in before we come. I know we're we're getting up for the half hour mark. I, I really like Pierre Strong Jr., the running back out of South Dakota State. We've seen Illinois State's James Robinson. We've seen Austin Eckler come out of Western Colorado and have an impact on the league. For me, Pierre Strong is almost unique compared to those two in the fact that this kid, I, I think he's going to be drafted. I think he's going to be drafted probably early on day three, fourth round um, potential for Pierre Strong. Showcased how fast he is at the, the NFL Combine. You see it on tape. Shifty mover, good long speed, lateral agility to make cuts without any discernible drop-off in speed. And that's one of the great things about Kenneth Walker. You see that with Pierre Strong. Quick footwork. Last sort of split second changes directions. He can catch the ball out of the backfield as a um, with real natural um, ability. You know, we talked about that natural ability as a pass catcher. Pierre Strong's got that. If that wasn't enough, this kid has also got incredible creativity um, for an NFL offensive coordinator as an accomplished passer of the ball. Um, something ridiculous like six of six passing in his career with four touchdowns, something bizarre like that off the top of my head. Now, that's not what you want to evaluate running backs as, but when you've got a kid who can be that creative for your offense, whilst also being an exceptional running back talent, that's got to be exciting if you're an NFL offensive coordinator. All right, you guys, you heard it here first. Pierre Strong, QB1. Yes, that sir. is it. That, that's it. That's our hot take for today. But no, I mean, in this class, maybe, right? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You know, <laughs> this class gets a bad rap. It's, it, there's talent there for sure. But yeah, Pierre Strong is very, very uh, fun running back to evaluate. The athletic testing was very good there, and it shows up on tape. He has the physical traits. A few more names that I'll throw out there. Rapid fire. Ali, I'll give you the opportunity to, to do the same in a couple of seconds. Just a few names. Five seconds is what you got. Tyler Beatty is a guy that I really like. I really love the receiving ability with him. Jerome Ford is another one. I think the athleticism for him is very appealing. Um, and then Tyler Goodson, Spin Shady, I know is his nickname in a few circles. I know uh, our guy Thor Nystrom is a very big fan of his. And I mean, with good reason. Looking at his tape, again, very elusive, high-level athlete. You'd love to get that guy in your pass-catching offense. So those are some guys that I like. Ali, uh, a few more guys, rapid fire, who you like. Let's just chuck some rapid fire late round guys. So Charles Williams out of UNLV, I really love. And um, Raheem Blackshear out of Virginia Tech. Zaquandre Wright, uh, sorry, White out of South Carolina. Uh, and Devontae Price out of FIU. It's calling him a sleeper feels wrong because he was a kid that rocked up at the senior bowl. But I really like what Devontae Price brings. It's like a cut price Derek Henry. 
I love it. I love it, man. He's a vertical. He's a north-south guy with that speed uh, to, to really make use of those lanes when he gets them. So a lot of fun running backs in this class. I think the bottom line is, and we were talking about this before the pod, if you if this is a, if there was ever a class to you know use a flyer on on day three, if a, if a value guy gets there, use that. This is a very deep running back class. But at the same time, I feel like looking at these classes, sometimes we kind of underestimate how high these players go. If a team really likes a running back and has an extra day two pick, we could see someone sneak that high. You know, it, we tend to underestimate how high these guys can creep up the board. So it's going to be interesting. I, I love it. I'm very excited to see what happens. But that is all the time we have for today's podcast episode. Obviously, two more weeks, or less than two weeks before the NFL draft. So be sure to tune in to our Twitter spaces, the, the few that we have left on Monday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, and then AMAs on Tuesday and Friday. Always is at noon on Tuesday. Mine on Friday at 5 p.m. And keep looking out. We're updating scouting reports. We've got one more big board update coming out as well. A draft guide on the way. Uh, It's all coming together. And we're so excited for it. But until next time, everyone, peace out. Have a good one.